Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's hard to say goodbye, my love. Hard to see you cry, my love. Hard to open up that door when you're not sure what you're going for. See, a Dream Girl song just sounded appropriate because, I mean, you get a Dream Girl's reference every episode. But listen, this was a fantastic finale. And I am, well, okay, this finale took me on a roller coaster i watched three times every time was better than the last i'll explain that in a minute oh no more wandavision y'all no more wandavision that really saddens me but at least we got a brand new character out of it at least we got a lot of new doors open from this show and i'm ready to talk about it it's your weekly bonus episode of me and you the housewives and marvel 2 let's do it Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Let me start off by saying, today must be like what it feels for like big accounts like 
big Bravo accounts or big, you know, I, I don't know, big reality TV accounts or big whatever pop culture accounts. This what my DMs today were on fire. And I was actually, it's so weird because today was actually a super busy work day for me. Today I'm recording this, which is Friday. Today, WandaVision came out. I've seen it like four times already. So I like, I, I could barely respond to DMs, but I knew everyone was DMing me because they've watched the WandaVision finale. Everybody in my DMs range. Um, it was a myriad of responses. Everybody ranged from pissed off to like literally sending me like pictures of them crying to uh, uh, saying fuck the MCU to saying I'm ready for everything that they're trying to give me. Give me more Scarlet Witch right now. Don't ever take Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen off my screens. It's been a lot. So let me take y'all on the journey that I went on today with this finale. I randomly woke up and you know, it's I'm a night owl. So I usually don't go to sleep until like two, two thirty, three in the morning. Anyway, I actually fell asleep pretty early on Thursday. I fell asleep at like, maybe like 1130, which is super early for me. I fell asleep at like 1130. Randomly, my body woke me up at 3 a.m. And once I was awake, I was like, okay, shit, it's Friday. I'm not about to go back to sleep right now. I'm about to watch WandaVision. I turned on the episode. You know, I'm, I watched the episode and... Afterwards, I'm like, okay, good finish, you know, whatever. I go back to sleep. I wake up not really feeling good about the finale. I'm like, uh-uh, let me watch this again. But this time when I was watching, I was like, okay, I know what to expect. I know there's no huge reveal, like, of a, a, a new character, I mean. You know, people were speculating, oh, my God, Mephisto, or oh, my God, Reed Richards. I, me, I'm people. I was expecting all of that. But we didn't get any of those, like, kind of big reveals. This time going in, watching it as like strictly an end to this series, an episode nine, last episode of a nine episode season. When I watched it that time, I was like, okay, holy shit. That was kind of, that was like a perfect finale. It finished her story off. We, you know, we left a lot of open ends to actually go in a lot of different directions in the MCU. And I mean, I was happy with it. The third time I watched it, I was like, that was perfect because I feel like my whole thing was I was watching it and I was expecting the reason I was so like disappointed the first time is because I was expecting so much to happen in that finale that actually, when you think about it, wouldn't have made sense. Like if Mephisto hadn't been introduced in episode like six or seven, why would he be coming in this early? Unless he was a post credit scene or something. I don't know. But even still, it might've been a little weird because the post credit scenes we got were fantastic. I, I loved it. I'm very happy with it. I'm happy with the direction they're going. I, there's so much I want to like point out too. It's, I don't know. We, huh, it got better with every rewatch, mainly because so much I feel like was set up and I feel like I finally put it in terms of, okay, I need to finish all of their stories before I begin thinking about another one. And I feel like this this TV show alone, first of all, one of the greatest outings in Marvel history. I'm already ready to put it in the top three. Like, it's top three for me automatically. And I feel like we got set up like we've set up Captain Marvel 2. We've set up uh, Spider-Man 3. We've set up Doctor Strange 2. 
we've set up the uh, Nick Fury Disney Plus show. Maybe we set up the Eternals. I don't know. There's a lot set up. The one thing I'm really nervous about, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about going directly from this Mona Lisa of a show. This so experimental, so fantastic. So, you know, even if you didn't like the finale, it should still finish above a nine for you out of, out of 10 on the scale, at least a 9.1. It might've dropped it a little bit, but that was still from episode one to nine. Fantastic show. I, I don't know. I'm a little nervous that when Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes, it's going to be so MCU that we expect that it's going to be a letdown. And I don't want that to happen. One, because you know I'm a black man. I'm so rooting for Anthony Mackie and everything he does. I love the Winter Soldier. Two of my favorite characters literally coming together for a TV show. I'm excited about the villain. Uh, I'm excited to see Sharon Carter back in the MCU. Everything. I'm excited about a lot. So it kind of makes me nervous that WandaVision, you know, it wasn't supposed to be first. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come before WandaVision. But, you know, hello, coronavirus fucked up a lot of shit. We got WandaVision first. One of the best outings the MCU has done. And now we skip a week and then we go into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm a little nervous about that. Otherwise, I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm... I'm ready. I mean, it's going to be great. Each episode is supposed to be like an hour long. So, I mean, I'm ready for it. I Oh, God. Look, I'm 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 saddening myself. I'm hyping myself up. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm just a, a, a roller coaster of emotions. I'm on a, a merry-go-round and every different horse is a different, different sadness. I'm all seven of dwarves. I don't know. I don't know what to feel right now. Also, me and my best friend had a conversation today. And we talked about this, the finale. It's really important to know that we were all trying to really divert this story away from Wanda from the jump. And that's a really bad way of looking at the show. We had a character that was like directly affected by mental health that went through a a huge break. Who's known literally nothing but grief since we've met her. And we've tried to divert this story to, uh, ooh, Mephisto, ooh, this and that. All of the female characters, actually, because literally they told us in seven, in episode seven, they made a whole song about who the villain was of this show. And we were all still like, damn, I wonder if uh, Mephisto wrote that song for Agatha. And all. You know, like, I mean, damn, <laughs> we couldn't let nobody shine in this show because we were trying to give everybody away and we we're trying to bring other people into it when it shouldn't have been. This was Wanda's story. Maybe you can argue that they uh, they could have, you know, still done something else and t- finished Wanda's... St- I don't know. Obviously, Wanda's story is still being written because she's going to be in a lot of projects going forward. But it's... I don't know. I just feel like we need to keep in mind that this character had to go through an arc in order for us to get where we are. And now we have a character that we know for a fact is stronger than Dr. Strange has more magic and is about to fuck some shit up to get her children back. So I'm all about it. And if I do any more talking, I'm gonna fall asleep. So let's go ahead and jump into this motherfucking episode. Okay. We pick up right where we left off last week. Wanda's powers are working again because they're outside. 
and she throws a chaos energy blast and she hits Agatha dead square in her chest and she finally frees her boys. That's exactly what Agatha wants. She says, I take power from the undeserving. It's kind of my thing. See, remember, y'all remember I told you, I told you now, didn't I tell y'all that the color of magic used in this show is very important. Uh, we should have known that the dark magic that Agatha was using, that purplish magic, absorbs. And because, you know, we actually saw that in the last episode. Episode eight was probably my favorite of the series where we see uh, Agatha on the stake and everyone is firing their blue magic at her. But she's literally just absorbing it all. And then they all fall down dead. Basically, that's the kind of magic that she has. To counteract this, because literally if Wanda just keeps throwing blasts at her, she's just going to take her energy. Wanda uses her chaos magic to lift a car and she slings it right at Agatha and it sends her ass flying into a random house. Now keep in mind, we've seen this before. Y'all know what movie? Captain America Civil War. Remember the scene at the airport, which is kind of like the, in my mind, the, the climactic scene of the movie where you get half of the Avengers fighting the other half of the Avengers. Uh, Hawkeye and Iron Man are fighting. He shoots an arrow at him. It goes past him. He said, oh, I guess you do miss. He said, no, I was just supposed to distract you. He looks back and Wanda is flinging all kinds of cars at, Doc, at uh, I was about to say Dr. Strange, at Tony Stark, which is a direct callback to that moment. Wanda goes over there to look and to see if Agatha is actually dead, but instead she finds nothing but a pair of boots. Now, all of y'all got this reference. Any kind of show that has an evil witch, we know about the boots. Think about the Wizard of Oz, where all you see are the boots coming out of the whatever it was that was crushing her. And you know, we 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 know this reference. Agatha obviously is a witch. We get all kinds of meta and pop culture references in the show, so this shouldn't really be a surprise. What is a surprise, though, is that while she's over there, she kind of turns around. She feels something. She sees the all-white Vision, who is, we're technically supposed to call him Spectral Vision. I'm not calling him that. I call him Bricks. All-white Bricks. You know what they, you, I don't sell drugs, but y'all know what all-white is. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, Okay. She couldn't believe it. That man put his hands on her in a loving way. He got one hand on her left cheek, one hand on her right cheek, and he's just looking at her lovingly, and then he starts to squeeze. He was squeezing her head like he was Dr. Pimple Popper. Luckily, the Hex Vision, which is the vision that can live, the good vision, I guess we'll say, he comes and he knocks his ass right away. Wanda says, Vision, this is our home. He says, so let's fight for it. Both of them take off, and now our entire episode is set up from start to finish. As both of the visions are, you know, flying off the fight, and uh, Wanda's chasing after Agatha, we see Monica, Rambo, and Fietro locked in one of the houses, and no one on the outside can hear them. She's trying to escape, but at every turn, Fietro is right there to stop her. Apparently, his job is literally just to keep her in the house. Cut to the outside of the barrier at this, like, you know, this sword encampment that's there, and we see Jimmy Woo in handcuffs. Hayward is out there bragging about his upcoming victory that he has with a uh, white vision or spectral vision or Bricks vision, whatever y'all want to call him. And while he's over there doing the most, Jimmy is actually able to swipe a phone off the desk. Now, 
why that phone doesn't have a lock on it in 2023, I'll never know. But that's not really my business, is it? As long as they like it, I love it. Hayward says there will be no repercussions, basically, because he'll be a hero because he'll be the one that would have eliminated Wanda Maximoff. Now, I know that might sound weird to y'all because she's an Avenger, but she did break the Sokovia Accord. So it might, you know, and she's holding people hostage and that's kind of a big thing in the world. So, you know, they the government already don't see it for the Avengers anyway. So that might be their, you know, they might look right past that and Hayward actually might be right and he might get praised and get bumped up to the highest clearance level at the White House. So I don't know. Jimmy reveals that the FBI is actually already on their way, which makes Hayward kind of attempt to relocate this little encampment that they have out there. Child, they show Jimmy using <laughs> using more of that close-up magic that he learned with them handcuffs. Let me find out that Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, is actually an influencer. Come on, Paul Rudd. Come on, Mike, a.k.a. Uh, Phoebe's husband from Friends. Come on, Josh from Clueless. Come on, Brian Fantana from Anchorman. Okay, I see you, Paul Rudd. Cut to Wanda Maximoff in the middle of Westview walking around, and all eyes, of course, are on her. Suddenly, boom, a dark magic blast comes from behind and hits Wanda dead in her back. Why did this remind me? I see I've been talking to Kaya from Bravo Wild Black too much. <laughs> Why did this remind me of Dream Doll kicking that girl dead in the center of her back on Bad Girls, Bad Girls Club? See, this is back when, see, y'all knew Tabitha back then. She wasn't Dream Doll back then. That was raggedy-ass Tabitha that was going around kicking people in their backs, and she got sent home on the second episode, then got bopped around a little bit hip-hop, and now she a rapper. See, okay, look, digression, digression. Agatha mentions that there's a whole chapter about the Scarlet Witch in, drumroll please, The Darkhold. Now, this is what we've been speculating since Wanda popped up in Agatha's basement, The Darkhold, a.k.a. The Book of the Damned. Agatha says the Scarlet Witch is not born, she is forged. She has no coven, no need for incantation. She also says that her powers are stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. Now, see, we all know who that is. We all know because I told y'all, Doctor Strange. Now, this should be no surprise to anyone that Wanda is actually more powerful than she, almost all of the characters in the MCU. She's OP. She's finally OP like she should be. She's always been OP in the comics. She should be OP in the movies. She is OP. And for y'all that don't know, OP is overpowered she should be and now she is i mean she's always kind of treated reality like it was just a light suggestion anyway so i mean she she can do what she do she has the ability and quite honestly the destiny to destroy the world now will that happen i don't know but y'all know i've been rooting for villain wanda all along now ever so quickly let me just tell y'all about the uh dark hold because I know many of y'all probably don't know what the hell that is. It really hasn't popped up in the MCU before. So let me just kind of give you a just a five-second overview about the Dark Hole. So like billions of years ago, one of the evil elder gods, his name was Cthon. I think that's how you say it. it's a C-H then a T-H. So however you want to pronounce that, Cthon. You know, some people, when they get fancy, they just skip all the vowels or they have nothing but vowels in their name. Like somebody named Bo instead of B-O, they do that B-E-A-U-X shit. I, anyway, 
billions of years ago, Cthone was forced to flee Earth by somebody named the God Eater. Now, before he did this, though, he wrote down all of his evil spells and all of his uh, just everything evil about him. He basically put all of that into what's known as the dark hold. It was on like pieces of his flesh that were indestructible. He put it on there, but he made sure to leave this on earth so that he would always have. Now you've heard this word before. If you watch any of the, like uh, what is it? Annabelle and the conjurings, all those movies, he needed a conduit to leave onto earth so that he can always have a way from his dimension onto earth. And that's just a little brief overview, just so y'all know what the hell we're talking about. Basically, evil book that has evil shit in it. Nothing nothing else you really need to know. I'm sure they're going to dive much deeper into it in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So until then, maybe you can read a couple of comics about it because it's really not. I mean, there's nothing much more we can say that really pertains to this story. But I am assuming that it's going to play a much bigger role later on since we do think that this was the book that was stolen from the library in the original Doctor Strange. Now, I told y'all to go back and look at that. Remember a couple of weeks ago, if you did your homework, A+. plus. If you didn't, come over here to the board, pull a, pull a card, go from E to S or S to N or N to U, whichever one. Just know that you're very unsatisfactory right now. Agatha uses her magic and she frees everyone in Westview of their hold that Wanda kind of has over them. Basically free of Wanda's captivity. HBIC Dottie walks up to Wanda and pleads for her daughter just to have a little storyline, child. She just want to see her daughter. She want to hold her daughter. She wants her daughter to be able to come out of the room. That's all she wants. Now, it's important to note that Dottie reveals that her real name is Sarah. I did a little researching, and I'm thinking that this is just kind of a mention back to, you know, we've talked about the Salem witch trials concerning this show a lot. They're thinking it's just, you know, kind of, I'll harken back to that, but the, I, okay. Now I know I said I was going to stop with the, the insane ramblings and everything that I do, but I figure y'all like the insane ramblings cause y'all are still around. So let me go down a big, big, big rabbit hole and just, just, just follow me. Okay. Just follow me. Don't get lost. Hold my hand. If you need to, I'm about to take you down a rabbit hole, but we'll come right back out. I promise. The only Sarah in comics that I know that I can think of is Sarah Stacy. Who is Sarah Stacy? She's the daughter of Norman Osborn. Now, who is Norman Osborn? Oh, he's the Green Goblin. Now, who has the Green Goblin as an enemy quite often? Uh, Spider-Man. Oh, uh, what do we know about Spider-Man 3? It's going to deal with the effects of the multiverse. He can't get home. All of that. Boom! Maybe we got a direct connection to Spider-Man 3. And the multiverse. Now, probably not. That was all kind of insane, as I said it out loud. But keep that in mind, because if that happens, you heard it here first. I'm the only person reporting on that. Keep it in mind. I'm probably reading too much into that. Or ism. Or ism. Or ism. I don't know. We cut to Monica and Fietro again. And this is when we find out. (sighs) We find out that Evan Peters is playing the role of Ralph Boner, Agatha's husband, quote unquote. What a waste of a role. Now, see, that was my biggest issue with this finale. I thought we were going to get a big reveal about Evan Peters. Surely you don't have an actor of his caliber 
of uh, his notoriety in a TV show and just have him doing that. I don't know. I Monica figures out that the beads around his neck are what Agatha is basically using to control him. She snatched them off and then she gets to meet the real Ralph, who's basically a sniveling little bitch who is begging for his life. Now, see, I'm hoping that Ralph Boner or whatever was his show name and not his actual name. You know, like Dottie and Sarah. Dottie was her name on the actual WandaVision show. But then every time they were outside of the show, her name was Sarah. Maybe it's like that. Maybe the MCU can still utilize Evan Peters. I mean, they've got to, right? You don't just let Evan Peters come into the MCU and then go astray like that. Same with Agatha. I think we'll see a lot more Agatha in the MCU. We're not there yet, but we're getting to it. Back in the middle of town, suddenly all of the townspeople come up to Wanda pleading in a lot of different ways. Wanda has basically convinced herself that she's been treating all of them so humanely this whole time, but they tell her horrendous stories. They basically, they have her nightmares when they go to sleep. They feel her pain constantly. Wanda can't handle hearing this truth anymore, and she released a blast of energy out of frustration, and that blast basically suffocates everybody around her. They keep pleading, and she realizes how bad the situation's gotten. She promises to let them go, and she keeps, you know, she she's trying not to, you know, have another break, so she just has another burst of energy, but this time it's to actually break down the barrier walls, which she did not think through. Side note, let's talk about Wanda's hands, child. The more power and energy she gives away, the blacker and wrinklier her hands actually get. I don't appreciate that getting blacker shit being negative, but we're going to move on, okay? we The more, like, wrinkly her skin gets, the bigger the bags under her eyes become. Agatha stealing up that lady's good looks and good powers, okay? She got Wanda looking like uh, Lisa Barlow at that Salt Lake City reunion. <laughs> Now, see, reality TV Kendrick popped out for a minute. She had Wanda looking like Lisa Barlow at the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. All that damn tanner on her hands and the child not on the rest of her. Wanda, you better quit going to uh whatever that bar is that Heather Gay work at, that beauty bar or whatever. Quit going over there and letting them people uh, do all them spray tans and shit on you. You can wind up looking like Lisa Barlow and then you're going to be making up excuses like she was at the damn reunion. We see good vision and bad vision fighting a little bit more, both letting off blasts from the quote-unquote mind stones that are in their heads. Now, keep in mind, neither one of them has the real mind stone. They got destroyed along with Thanos, but good vision has whatever Wanda uh, used her magic to create. She has that mind stone energy, so maybe she created a replica of it, but that's it. And then, who was it, uh, spectral vision has whatever they gave him. He has a little bit of the energy that Wanda used on that drone when she threw it out to the the uh, sword agent. So they both got that same kind of power, but neither one of them actually has the Mind Stone. Wanda's vision is <laughs> starting to dissolve and disappear because she's actually breaking down that barrier. Then we actually see the twins. They run to the center of town and they start tearing up too, brick by brick, block by block. Wanda's like, oh, hell no. She hurry up and she closed that barrier real fast. Now, no, I know I told some of you to go ahead and read House of M 
after I, you know, I, I suggested it a couple episodes ago. Maybe it, I, maybe I've been suggesting it since the beginning. I don't know, but I've told y'all to read House of M if you have uh, Marvel Unlimited. If you like to go buy comics like paper, you know, I've told y'all about this. You actually get a little reference to it right here. Issue number one is that like iconic image of Wanda on the cover holding her hands up and she's like having a mental break, but it's like all the different blocks of her face are like skewing out. This is basically a direct reference to that. They were literally coming apart in blocks on the cover, on the cover of the comic and the twins and vision, all of them breaking up the exact same way. So I love a little comic accurate nod. You know, I, I love that kind of stuff. You know, as Wanda begins to block her family from the uh, attacks of dark magic that Agatha is shooting at them. Agatha continues to actually absorb the energy from the Scarlet Witch or from Wanda, I guess I should say. And she grows a whole lot stronger. They agreed to kind of split up, you know, divide and conquer, but not before hitting one of those, the Incredibles family poses. Now see, look, they had the right pose and everything. Now I'm not saying that that's because Disney owns Pixar. But, bitch, that's because Disney owns Pixar, okay? All that little, you know, Disney is known for a little subliminal messaging. That was their way of trying to tell y'all, okay, well, if you don't feel like watching Age of Ultron after every episode, go watch The Incredibles so we can get them streaming dollars too, child, I guess. I think, okay, this definitely isn't the first time we've gotten an Incredibles reference on this show. Think back to the Halloween episode when they're walking through the streets. I think it was Fietro and Wanda. And you can see in the background on the marquee of the movie theater, The Incredibles was going to play. And I think the other movie was The Parent Trap, maybe, which is applicable because WandaVision, you know. So it's definitely not the first time we've gotten it. I think we've gotten a lot of little, you know, Disney stuff and other Marvel properties kind of sprinkled off into this. First things first, we get to see both of the visions going head up. Now, see, White Vision made it known that his directive is to kill Vision. Vision says, now, I ain't even a real vision. I'm only a quote-unquote conditional vision. Child, the White Vision says, now, wait, you not just go go past that like you didn't just say that and then you just go keep on talking. What do you mean you the conditional vision? Like I could put on some, you know, some high as heels and a leotard and a brown colored wig and I could be the conditional Beyonce, but y'all ain't gonna pay to see me perform shit and I can do the hell out of a uh I've been getting to the money. I know that whole little routine, but y'all not so gonna pay to see that shit. He's trying to figure out who the hell is the conditional vision and do I still need to kill you? Child, it became an episode of the Big Bang Theory in there. Vision want to be Sheldon Cooper so goddamn bad. They start talking about the ship of Theseus. Now, surprisingly, I'm actually kind of familiar with this because one of my professors in grad school tried to apply this shit to something and it didn't make no damn sense. It wasn't even applicable. It was all kind of bullshit. I tried to drop that class after that, but it was too late in the semester, so they made me keep it. It was a whole mess. I was going to take the W, but I was like, you know what? Let me just stay in this class, even though this man don't know what the hell he's talking about. And they got me paying all these uh, fed loans. You know what? Anyway, the ship of Theseus is a ship that's like on display in a museum. And they the whole like purpose of the metaphor is if this ship had a whole lot of like rotten wood and you slowly start to replace them and then you end up winding up with a whole new ship because now there are none of the original pieces. Is it still the ship of Theseus? 
And then if somebody uses like all of those old pieces, all the rotten one, you know, all the rotten woods and they make a new boat, is that now the ship of Theseus? And the answer is supposed to be both yes and no. So Vision is trying to say, now, look, man, I'm not the real one and you're not the real one, but I'm kind of the real one and you kind of the real one, too. So, did I mean, look. They both realize that they ain't the real vision. They talk and discover that the white vision has no memories of anything like beforehand. And, you know, vision is only really learning a lot of this stuff before, too, because of Darcy. Darcy is the one that told him about, you know, Age of Ultron. Well, she didn't say Age of Ultron, but, you know, Age of Ultron, like what happened in Infinity War, all this kind of stuff and what Wanda has really gone through. That kind of does the trick. And he goes over there and he does that thing that he does to like Norm and Agatha when she was in the car with the witch costume on. And he basically gives him all of his memories back. He digs deep down in his subconscious and all of his memories come flying away. He simply says, I am vision. Once he gets all his memories back and he flies away. Now, where the hell did that man go? We'll never know. Chat, we're going to be trying to, uh, where in, where in the world is Carmen San Division or something like that. We got to find out where the hell White Vision is. You know what? He's probably somewhere tussing, rolling, and pop locking and dropping in a bar in Dallas, Texas, right damn now. You know, Dallas don't care nothing about masks or none of that kind of stuff. I guess Vision don't got to worry about coronavirus, though, because, I mean, he a robot, but still, they, they do whatever the hell they want in Dallas. So, child. Somebody go find the white vision. It's just it's, it's too many characters getting lost in Marvel. But hey, I guess when we need uh Paul Bettany to pop back on the scene in one of these movies, ta-da, we'll get white vision. Can I just take a moment? And I know I feel like I say this every single week, but man, the acting on this show is just everything I need it to be. Between Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, Tiana Paris still in every scene and I mean, it's just wow. Of course, Catherine Hahn, you don't get no better than that. Paul Bettany is such a good actor. These, this scene with him playing two different versions of the same character, he was giving me Mahershala Ali in season three of uh, True Detective. That's the, that's the vibes that I was getting. That's what I was looking for. I loved every single minute of it. And you know Mahershala Ali is a two-time Oscar winner, so... Maybe we'll get uh, Paul Bettany an Emmy at some point. I don't know. See, I'm optimistic. They've never really seen it for superhero movies in the past when it comes to acting and all this kind of stuff. But now with the Mandalorian winning all these awards and uh, Endgame being up for so many awards and stuff, I think we'll, you, you know, we might see some recognition with this show. I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic, but child. I, I look, I know y'all a little pissed off at Paul Bettany right now, hyping up that ending as if somebody was going to uh, pop up and we was going to get some big cameos and have me thinking Reed Richards was coming. He was going to be John Krasinski. I don't give a damn about the Fantastic Four, but I love me some John Krasinski. I thought we were going to get a John Krasinski cameo, but look, we're going to have to forgive Paul Bettany, okay? Charge it to his head, not his heart. He a good person, I guess. I should, I don't know him. But, you know, I, I think he's a good person. We just got to let that go, okay? Next, we see Wanda basically squaring up with Agatha. And the boys, they're going to handle the military. They kind of slipped in while uh, Wanda was undoing the barrier, basically. Wiccan, I'm, I'm just going to call him by the superhero names. Y'all know who I'm talking about, Billy and Tommy. Wiccan 
freezes them, basically makes them not move, while Speed goes around and gets all of their guns and bullets and all that kind of stuff. Hayward, however, jumps out of one of the convoys and he starts shooting a pistol. Monica, at this point, has escaped from Ralph's house or child, whatever, his entity, I don't know, whatever it is, and she jumps in front of the boys to shield them. This is when we really get our first true glimpse into Monica Rambo and how her powers look, a.k.a. Photon, a.k.a. Spectrum, a.k.a. the first female Captain Marvel. That's We get to see her powers and how they're manifesting, I should say. She basically turns into an energy field on command, and the bullets go right through her. They slow down significantly, and then they kind of exit her body. Once Hayward realizes that he's out of bullets, he tries to get back in the truck. He tries to back up, and then I guess he's going to ram them. I don't know what's going to go on. But I guess he was thinking a little too slow because Darcy finally made it to that part of town in that ice cream truck. Child, she's been driving for three damn episodes now. So she finally make it over there in an ice cream truck, and she rams him and trapped him in, and now we don't have to worry about Hayward anymore in this series. Hayward's character was kind of a letdown, too, because we thought that he was a big bad or a big evil, too. And it's kind of weird that he had all that tough guy energy, but was never even a super-powered individual. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that, but maybe in the future he pops back up. I don't know. I personally, I think we've seen the end of Hayward, but... Wow, that seemed like another blown opportunity too. I love this finale, but I'm trying to point out all of the stuff that kind of bothered me or pissed me off a little bit with it too. So, and that's definitely one of them. Evan Peters and Hayward. I don't know Hayward real name, but you know, the man from SVU that was a crooked ass judge trying to send folks to jail, but he was out there raping people. You know what I mean? We little child, let's move on. I'm I, I typecast that man every single episode. Let me get off of him. Now we cut to Wanda versus Agatha all over again. Wanda uses her powers on Agatha like she did on Tony Stark in Age of Ultron. You know, when she kind of goes up behind him and she does it like hand twinkle and it like sprinkles the magic in his ear and, you know, messes with his mind. She does that, but it doesn't work. It appears that it does at first, but it actually doesn't. They take her back like Agatha is on the stake. All of the witches that uh, basically bring her back have now turned against Wanda instead because they recognize her as the Scarlet Witch. She's not Wanda Maximoff to them. She's the Scarlet Witch, the one that they read so many evil things about in these books. It's like the Darkhold. Uh, Agatha does everything she can to try to convince Wanda to just give her her powers, but it doesn't work. Wanda, like... I don't know. She she gets free, basically, and then we get to see Wanda's real plan in action, which is brilliant. She's flying overhead, and Wanda is tossing chaos power blasts all at Agatha, but she's purposely missing, which Agatha doesn't really pick up on. She's like, damn, you, you ain't got no damn aim. You need to go hang out with Hawkeye and see what the hell you can do, but she's doing it on purpose. Wanda fires so many blasts of chaos energy, that her face, like, fills with wrinkles. Her hands and arms turn completely black. She becomes, like, a lot visibly weaker. Agatha attempts to use all of Wanda's chaos magic against her because now Wanda is just floating in the air with no power, and now Agatha has sucked up enough of it that she's now the most powerful thing in the world. She tries to use her magic against her, but to no avail. 
we see that Wanda has placed runes all over the barrier in the sky, meaning that Agatha can't use her powers anywhere inside of the barrier, anywhere, 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 anywhere in the barrier, because now it's not just like on the wall, like Agatha had it down in the basement. It's literally around the entire barrier. So now, Ag uh, not Agatha, Wanda is the only witch in here that can actually use her powers. Remember, the exact quote that uh, Agatha said in the basement was, in a given space, only the witch that cast them can use her magic. Them is in the runes. Wanda's energy all comes flooding back to her. Her face fills back out and her uh, all her body is the same color again. And then we get to see the most, which, which took the episode up a notch for me. We get to see the most beautiful costume reveal in the history of the cinematic universe for Marvel. The MCU Scarlet Witch costume is everything, everything. She even had that wavy beach hair. Now, I don't know where that came from or why her hair suddenly got curly, but hey, the cleavage wasn't shown. The headpiece was amazing. It fits perfectly. It was the perfect color. It was a lot of details in the actual suit. I can't wait to finally be able to go to Comic-Con in person and actually see this uniform cosplay. We've seen the actual like comic book Scarlet Witch cosplayed a lot, but we've never seen this iteration. Like this design is a day old, literally a day old. That's it. I'm so excited to see how people get creative with that and what they actually do. If we ever get to go to cost, uh, to Comic-Con in person ever again, I'm tired of these damn virtual Comic-Cons. Jesus. Now they're both back down on the ground. Wanda reveals that Agatha is going to stay basically in the position that she wanted so bad in this city. She's going to continue to be the nosy neighbor, the role that she chose the moment she entered Westview. Agatha says, you're being cruel, but you're going to need me because you don't know what you've unleashed, which I think is kind of foreshadowing. I definitely think that Agatha is going to be back. You don't have an actress like Catherine Hahn, and you don't leave this kind of ending with an actress like uh, Catherine Hahn for her not to come back in the future. So I definitely think Agatha's going to come back. I definitely think that even though we're seeing Scarlet Witch start to master the powers at the end, like in the credit scene at least, I think that the Scarlet Witch, her powers are going to be way too much to handle. So at some point she might actually need her. And then I think it's somewhere in Doctor Strange 2, we'll probably find out that her and uh, she will tell child, I'll be trying to say his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. They, I think we're going to find out that her and Mordo are working together. That's just a little theory I got. Y'all keep that in the back of your mind too. You know, I like for y'all to keep my theories in the back of y'all mind and then cuss me out when they wrong, but then give me credit when I'm right. I like that. Wanda says, you know, basically I got your number. If I call, you know, if I need you, I'll call you. You know, uh, I'll call you like I call Tyrone, but you can't use my phone. You dig? I felt like this movie, not this movie, this series, people were saying it basically reminded them of Endgame, kind of, the way, like, Tony Stark, uh, you know, he got all the Infinity Stones from Thanos, and then they, uh, you know, they crawled up to his uh, Iron Man glove, and then the energy started purging, and then he, you know, he snapped, and everything went back to normal. I kind of more so saw it as... It reminded me of Doctor Strange, honestly. You remember, like, the, he didn't necessarily beat 
Dormammu, but he locked him in this kind of time cycle. So the same stuff kept repeating over and over and over again. And he was going to be locked in that for the rest of his existence, which was going to be forever. I felt like that's basically what happened to Agatha. Agatha is now stuck in Westview playing the exact role that she played on this TV series with no end in sight. I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Now, what is foreshadowing? I don't know, but it feels like a little bit of foreshadowing. So I'm ready for Doctor Strange 2. It doesn't come out until 2022, but I'm still waiting on it. Vision tells Wanda that he knows she's going to set everything right, just not for us. You damn sure right about that. (laughs) As they all go towards the house, we see the barrier is kind of starting to work its way inward, releasing some of the buildings and the cars and the people back to their original selves. They put the twins in bed and they tell them how proud they are of them and, you know, all the the good mushy stuff you see at the end of a TV show. Basically all of that. All that shit almost made me cry too. I'm not gonna lie. I was really, you know, know, fighting them back, but I, I fought them back. I'm a thug. You can see in the background of this entire scene that the barrier wall is approaching pretty fast. So we know that all of this is about to come to a head or come to a conclusion in a matter of moments. Oh, Lord. We get to the moment between Vision and Wanda in the living room. The barrier is rapidly approaching and Vision says he just wants to know what he is because he still really doesn't know. And Wanda tells him, You're the peace of my mind. Well, no. (laughs) Hold on. It was a lot sweeter when she said it. Wait a minute. She says, you're you're the peace of the mind stone that lives in me. You're a body of wires and blood and bones that I created. You're my sadness and my hope, but mostly you're my love. Now, see, just take all the Emmys. Take all the Golden Glow. Well, no, fuck the Golden Glows. You know, they don't give... You know what? Let me not let me not do this. I might the Golden Globes might sponsor me one day. Let me not do this, okay? I'm I'm just saying I'm not just take all of my tears, okay? I'm like Mary J. Blige. I'm not gonna cry no more. Child Vision says we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason that we'll say hello again. I need to get that shit tattooed on me. That, that now that's that's a phrase right there. Maybe. We'll see the white vision, but sir, we're not going to see you no more. I'm just saying. Wanda, <laughs> Wanda, you better go search the whole United States for white vision because that man took off. He wasn't, he wasn't stopping at red lights, uh, yellow lights. He didn't go. He didn't yield. He didn't collect 200 when he went past go. He didn't do none of that shit. Wanda, you better go find that man. Well, you, can, you can take you a nap while your astral plane self goes and finds him because, child, now that the barrier to Westview has basically swept through the entire place, Wanda is in the same plot of land from last episode where all of this started, where she created this entire reality. She walks through town and the people are looking at her crazy as hell. They're like, bitch, we ain't forget. <laughs> we, we was just living this. We know who the hell you are. You literally just had us in prison, but listen, she sees Monica and they start talking. She says that, you know, if I had your powers, I'd bring my mom back. Justice for Maria Rambo. I just hate that we only got her in one movie because the actress that plays her is so good. I love her in anything she's in. Wanda apologizes for all the pain she's caused. And of course, you know, Monica accepts and she says that she completely understands what she's going through. 
Then Wanda vows to understand and control her power, and she takes off in her new uniform, baby. I know that's right. Just as the FBI is pulling up, I know that's right, Wanda. Wanda says, shit, all these warrants out for my arrest. I wish the fuck I would stick around Westview. Listen, this show as a whole might be one of the greatest MCU properties. I know I've already said that, but I'm not about to argue with y'all about it, okay? Amazing. Everything. Just picture Lady Gaga said, amazing, stupendous, miraculous, incredible, all of that. Loved it. The finale might not have given most of y'all what you wanted, but it's still better than most, okay? Just get ready for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, I'm going to drop a bonus episode next day, you know, same time, and I'm going to give y'all some reading recommendations before Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to dig into the comics. We might even touch on WandaVision a little bit. We're going to do a lot of fun next week because we don't have a really set schedule. So we're going to do a little bit of that. I'm going to help get y'all ready for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, oh, don't you worry. I'm not done yet because we haven't talked about those two best scenes of the episode, the goddamn post credit scenes. Let's go ahead and get into them. We get our first mid credit scene, and it's a good one. An agent comes over to Monica and says that she's wanted in the theater. They both go into the theater, and Monica is really confused because she doesn't see anybody. That's when the agent says, I was sent by an old friend of your mom's, and then she transforms into a scroll. A scroll, child, a scroll. He heard she's been grounded, and he actually wants to meet her. Monica asks, okay, well, where is he? And the scroll points up. Now, child, let me break this down for y'all. For those who don't know or don't remember the post credit scene in Spider-Man Far From Home, Nick Fury is in space on a huge ship. Now, clearly, S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Earth, you know, in the pits. But now we are presuming that he's leading S.W.O.R.D. in space. I don't know, based on the way S.W.O.R.D. was acting down here, I don't know if it's the same S.W.O.R.D., but maybe it's a different agency. You know, maybe it's another iteration of a different Marvel agency. I don't know. We'll find that out in the future. But just know that the person that's calling for her is Nick Fury up on that spaceship, big Empire Strikes Back. I don't know. You know that big-ass ship that he was on. He was surrounded by scrolls on there, and there was a scroll in his place here on Earth. It was the, it was Talos, I think, Ben Mendelsohn. I think that was the one that was playing him. Basically, this scene is setting up a new Avengers team. Now, remember at the end of all of the original MCU movies, Nick Fury would basically appear at the end of the movies in a post-credit scene, and he would basically, you know, kind of tell him, I'm putting a team together. I need you. Come see me. I need you. Monica appears to be the first new member of this new team that's probably going to focus on completing missions in space. So I think it's safe to say we'll see a lot of Monica Rambo in the future. And I'm guessing since her mom's name was Photon, that's what we're going to call her. But I'm excited to see it all. One of my favorite parts about Fridays is I get to get with my best friend and we kind of theorize. So one of the things he was theorizing is that because it was Monica in that theater, and we're going to be seeing a lot more Monica, he thinks that Carol Danvers is going to show up at some point in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. 
he thinks they're going to wake up Adam Warlock and then Photon and her, you know, are going to team up and then that'll lead directly into Captain Marvel 2. I don't hate that theory at all. In fact, I kind of love it. I can definitely see that happening. But, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, they've been really playing about Adam Warlock. Who knows if he's ever going to actually come into the MCU. If you don't know who that is, that'd be a great time to bust out your Marvel Unlimited subscription and check him out. Read up on you some Adam Warlock. It also might be, you know, we might get some Nova. I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of different things that could happen, but that's why that first scene was just so incredibly amazing. The last post credit scene, not mid credits, the last post credit scene has Wanda out in the mountains. And I don't know if she's created a house out there or if she built, I don't, I don't know how it happened, but she's in a house out there that I'm guessing she lives in away from all of humanity. Now, Chad, Wanda, that house look a little raggedy, but that's okay. Girl, go put your shoes on. Let's go find you a home. <laughs> she's sitting on the porch of that little ass house, and she's drinking some tea. You can hear from outside the kettlebell whistles, and she goes inside. You know, she starts pouring her tea, but then the camera veers off into the actual bedroom. When you go in there, you see an astral projection of the Scarlet Witch reading the dark hold now see well let me finish you can you can hear when they kind of zoom in on her you can hear billy and tommy in her head screaming for help so it makes it seem as if she's finally found what she was looking for that she was searching through different dimensions and different you know the multiverse and she was trying to find maybe alternate versions of her kids i'm guessing that maybe when we see these kids reappear It'll be different actors and they'll be teenagers because I'm guessing at some point we're going to get a Young Avengers movie and I'm thinking they want them to be at least teenagers, not the kids that they were in WandaVision. Even though I love those kids, they're such good actors. But it seems like she's actually found them in another dimension and she's ready to go get her babies. That right there alone gives me chills because it sets up 38 different movies and I'm ready for all 38 of them. Now, let me talk to y'all about the astral plane. Now, you remember a couple episodes ago, I told you, I said, do your homework, watch Doctor Strange. That astral projection, remember the scene when he's laying in bed and he's asleep, but you can see his kind of, I guess the easiest way to describe it is like his subconscious, like is floating in the air and reading books and still studying and all like that. That's the astral projection. So Wanda... Unlike Doctor Strange, which I guess kind of gives credence to the whole notion that she's a whole lot stronger than him. He, his physical body was getting rest while his astral plane was reading. Wanda was outside sipping tea, living her best life, listening to Drake, all kind of stuff. And her astral plane was reading and dipping into different dimensions and all kind of stuff. So I'm ready to see just how overpowered the Scarlet Witch is because I'm here for every ounce of of overpowering that they're about to do. If you didn't do your homework and actually go and watch Dr. Strange, like I told you to, it's okay. I advise you do it now. Now that you've finished WandaVision, it might give you a little more perspective about it. Now you'll know, you know, who the, the sorcerer Supreme is and who the intelligent one is and the ancient one and, uh, magic, dark magic, chaos, magic, all this different stuff that we know is going to play a big role in the future because now we've got more than one magic wielder in the MCU. Oh, Lord. 
This was a lot, but this show was everything I needed it to be. For the first outing on Disney Plus, I think we've all done an amazing job interacting. They did an amazing job putting a show together. I think that the issue that we've experienced now is that we've had multiple weeks to kind of speculate and dig ourselves into a hole as to how we thought it was going to end instead of actually just enjoying the ride. Now that seems to be because we've never, we've never done this before. You know, like when they did daredevil and all that stuff, Marvel, you know, in the MCU didn't do it, but when those shows were out, they were all released at one time. So, you know, you binge those in child a, a day if you wanted to, this was a week to week show. So we literally spent entire weeks, developing theories about not only how the next episode was going to go, but how this whole show was going to end. So I advise we should all try to, I'm going to try to get away from it, but you know, I'm going to give y'all a million theories during Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I'm going to try to get away from it. Y'all try to get away from it too. So we can all just keep enjoying this ride. I'm so glad we have Marvel content. I'm so glad that it's as frequent as it's going to be. It seems like we'll get, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, probably through April, because I think we, I think it's six episodes, all about an hour long. So we'll get that through the end of April. Chat, they they claim Black Widow's supposed to still be coming out. I don't know nothing about that. I don't, I don't even talk to that later no more because they've been lying about that movie for so long. I, I hope they release it. Hell, put it out on Disney Plus. Maybe we'll watch it. Maybe that'll be the first premiere access that I actually buy because I'm not spending $30 on shit. Not Raya and the Dragon, not Mulan, none of it. I'll wait till it's for free, but I might do it for Black Widow since y'all been pushing it off for seven years now. We'll see. Y'all, this journey was amazing. I'll be back with a bonus episode next week to talk to y'all about what kind of comics y'all can be reading to kind of get y'all background on the characters. Basically, I'm going to get y'all ready I had a couple of different ideas. I might still change. I don't know. But right now I'm thinking about just giving y'all an episode to basically get y'all ready. If y'all don't feel like going back and doing too much work before Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes on, because I want y'all to be along for that ride too. So I'm going to be six episodes. It's going to be good looking men. Y'all can look at all kind of stuff. So let's get on the ride. Let's breathe a little bit because this was a lot and we've gotten through it. We should be proud of ourselves. If you listen to this, if you are within the reach of my voice, tap yourself on the back. You did a good job. We made it through WandaVision. Now we get a break. We get a week off and then we get right back into it. Y'all, I love y'all. Keep downloading, keep listening, and I'll see you. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.